Hey guys, welcome to this week's Money and Investing Show with me, your host, Andrew Baxter. This week we've got a terrific opportunity for you to get inside the brain of the head of our accounting and tax side of the business. Making money isn't about what you make, it's about what you get to keep. Getting your tax under control, working out how to play that game properly, and uh, maximizing your return and protecting your assets. Key elements of this. I know you're going to take a lot out of this session. See you on the other side. Okay, guys, welcome to this week's Money and Investing Show with me, your host, Andrew Baxter. And this week, I'm joined with a, a, well, my special guest, Brad O'Hara. You'll probably get that from the sign sitting over his shoulder. Um, Brad and I uh, have had a, a great relationship for quite a number of years now, and I think it's always interesting in terms of you know, how you meet people in your ecosystem. Brad and I were both uh, creditors, actually, in a liquidation fairly recently. So, uh, Brad, heads up our accounting team. Morning, Brad. How are we doing? Good morning, Andrew. How are you? Very well, thank you, my friend. So, uh, tell us a little bit about your background. Obviously, um, you know you head up the accounting business that uh, that we're in uh, in partnership with. Tell us a, a little bit about your background in the in the space of tax and accounting. Thank you. I've been an accountant for nearly twenty seven years. Started in qualified in nineteen ninety two. I worked my way through specialised tax practices um, and also went into cost accounting and management accounting to ensure business operations and um, best practices for that as well. So I'm fairly rounded in terms of business operations as well as um, specialised tax at the moment. Good. Oh, and I think, you know, I mean, that's a lot of water under the bridge. That's, uh, that's the same year that I started in the investment space soon. Uh, and I think, yeah, experience is a great teacher. Uh, yeah, water under the bridge is, is an important asset to leverage off, that's for sure. I think what it does for you is allows you to understand people's issues because you've seen them before, you may have even lived them before, mm. and they appreciate the empathy you can bring to that situation. Because for people going through something the first time, they don't know what the um, result may be. And having someone that can guide them through, I think is, you know, it's, it's, it's a wonderful place to be for me. Good stuff. And look, my experience with accountants, as we've talked about many times previously, is is less than good. You know, they're usually pretty good at bean counting and they're usually pretty good at getting your tax and GST under control. I guess, you know, the massive string that you have to your bow, and I guess it's pivotal to our relationship, is you're not simply an accountant. You've been an investment manager. You're a very active and very successful trader in markets as well. So I guess tell us a bit about the lenses that that then brings into uh, the equation. What I think it... Um enables most accountants are technically um, good they and the software does most of the work but a a good accountant will tease out some of the information from clients my um, my approach has been to get an understanding of the lifestyle of the person what they're trying to achieve because a textbook doesn't allow for children it doesn't allow for um, family holidays that go awry and all that sort of stuff but what I have done since I've been investing um, and I bought my first um, shares basically as soon as I could um, get a loan was in Gandel Retail Trust and being down here in Melbourne, that's the big Chadston shopping centre and I thought, you know, my first foray into the share market was based on the fact that this building was populated with all these people. Uh, it's gone through nuances through Colonial First State Novium properties, and now it's in um, vicinity centres. So the old buy and hold stuff is finished, um, buying BHP or Woolworths. Um, 
it's it's not relevant anymore, unfortunately, given that the metamorphosis that companies and securities go through. Mm. So I've lived the entire gambit. I've um, I've traded options. I've done covered calls, credit spreads. Um, been with many brokers, trying to um, diversify my risk and just learning the process for the last twenty-seven years and um, helping people through that has been fantastic. So a man of your means now. I don't know about owning shares in Chadston. You could probably afford to buy it, but we'll get onto that fairly shortly. I'm sure. <laughs> It's uh, lockdown time down there, of course, too, which puts another frame on things, especially for businesses when it comes to managing their tax and, and more importantly, their cash flow, too. You've uh, seen much of a backlash of that? This week, well, it's been expen- extended for another two weeks, uh, another week. Last year, when we had the four month lockdown in Melbourne, um, a few of my clients were feeling it, but I was able to get them through with JobKeeper and um, I even approached grants and the government assistant packages. Mm. So it's just a matter of knowing your clients and getting an understanding about what they're trying to achieve to be able to say, this is the way you should go and this is how we get you through. Touch wood, none of my clients were really badly affected. Um, the And the investors, um, I just basically tried to hold them steady and you know, basically let their education and their training come into the fore to say you've been through this before we know what's likely to happen and um, as once again just a matter of holding it hand holding really on the way through for sure so so important i guess that brings us to a, a really interesting point it's never a question of what you make it's what you get to keep and um, you know there's plenty of ways of that being taken away we might perhaps talk in a minute about the importance of structure but let's get into tax now because you know that's the, the immediacy for for, for most people is that June 30 here in Australia deadline and what have you what you've got to do and so on. So tell us what in your experience, you know, the two or three biggest mistakes that you see people make come come tax time. I'm sure we could have two or three hundred <laughs> well I suppose I don't like to call them mistakes because that that assumes that someone's already got the knowledge that well they should have had that knowledge. So there's certain um, there's certain things where people uh, there's such a dearth of knowledge on the internet now, but you don't know who the advisor is or whether it's someone's opinion. So that's the main issue for most people is they're getting the information from sources that may or may not be valid. But the biggest, the biggest issues, um, and for investors um, generally, <coughs> excuse me, uh, where they may tank their um, tax deductible debt, so they will have a redraw on an investment property that they've paid down uh, and they may redraw that for personal purposes whether it be buy a car or a caravan or home renovations on their primary residence and what that does is affects the tax deductibility the interest on the investment property mm-hmm. people assume that the security is what dictates whether the uh, the property is going to be tax deductible the interest is going to be tax deductible or not so that's the major one and it's it's sometimes a little bit difficult to correct uh, and can be expensive if you have to move assets or you know properties with stamp duty and um, capital gains taxes so that's that's the biggest one that i've always been mindful for my clients over the years but Mm. um and then i suppose the second one is the um um capital gains tax not reviewing your investment transactions prior to year end so if you've got the capacity or 
um, an accountant that can go through and check your gains and losses over the year and not necessarily um, how the broker's statement may present them to be able to then identify whether you can um, maybe sell down, some, sell down some losing assets to offset any gains and then protect you, at least reduce your income tax on those um, on that year. Once 30 the, the June is gone, the horse is bolted. Yeah. They're the main ones. I think that's a key thing, isn't it? Is being on the front foot and attending to this prior to June 30, because after that, you're in the rear view mirror uh, and she's all done for the year. That's um, and, you know, tax is one of those things uh, that people, you know, as you rightly say, you go on the internet and there are so many areas of misinformation and people talk about the various levels of skullduggery to avoid paying tax. Obviously, that is illegal, but certainly tax minimization uh, by some fairly careful uh, planning and some deft footwork in the accounting side um, can add considerable advantages and an absolute return for investors too. It can. And you and I both, I mean, tax minimization is obviously tax is a cost and it should be minimised where it can be. Mm. But wealth accumulation is a lot um, more gratifying in the longer term. Yeah. Just the other day I had a client come in who uh, his wife is about to retire and these are um, just run-of-the-mill family who are trying to get ahead and they've got, unfortunately, got a son who's um, with needs. So mum wants to retire and effectively spend some more time looking after the child. So she's just turned 61. So there's the opportunity for me to be able to say, put the money into superannuation, which will bring your tax down. You get a tax deduction now for the personal contribution and bring your tax down, save her $7,000. And then they'll be able to redraw that money after she turns 60 or 61 um, and redraw it as a pension, pay down the mortgage and achieve what they were trying to do with while saving $7,000 over the next month. You know, it's just, and it's just a matter they, they've, they've come to see me and they're the type of client I want, the ones who come to see you and say, this is what we're trying to do as a lifestyle. Mm. Is it, What's the best way to do it? You know? That was opportune. Just, and it, it, I mean, she's she's 61, so it works for those people. Yeah. If you're 40, I couldn't do it. But, you know, so just you have to take people's lifestyle and what they're trying to do into consideration. It's not all about textbook. Yeah, look, it, 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 it's, it's fascinating when you get into that. You never know what you don't know. Yeah. And, and if you can leverage off someone that's got, you know, you have 28 years plus experience on advising people in this space, then, as I say, success leaves clues and, yeah, I feel for people oftentimes, you know, you take a walk around a shopping centre when you're able to do that and, you know, you see a little booth in the corner come and get your text done here and it's it's just cookie cutter and it's it, it, it's not personal and it's just it's just not going to get you the full benefits of perhaps what you could be entitled to. Yeah, that's, they have their place. Like, you know, they, that's, I feel sorry for people who... Um, I feel sorry for people who just and unable to recognise that um, there's a bigger world out there that they could um, seek from, but, you know, people take advantage of people, it's sad. Yeah, and, and I guess you don't have to be the big end of town to, to, to be doing that. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's more affordable than people would perhaps think. In, in terms of getting your tax done, like my birthday is in mid-July, and as you well know, I like to get all my tax and everything all calculated number one client, first cab off the rank, get it all done. Uh, and then you don't have to worry about it. So in terms of lodgement, 
um, there's always a view that when you, when you lodge, you have to pay. Tell us a bit about how that landscape has maybe changed now and, and, and whether it's worth getting your tax lodged early. The, as a pedantic person myself, and my birthday is in the middle of July, as you know, Andrew, <laughs> yeah, um, I like to have people organised. And so if they can get their tax done as soon as they can, I tell them they should at least clean up everything, get it off your desk. The payment is not aligned with your lodgement anymore. It hasn't been for quite a few years. So what happens is you'll generally pay in the March of next year if you have if your return was on time last year. Mm. So I, as I say, I like to get people to make sure everything's under control. It just means that if something untoward happens between July one and the date they were going to do their tax return, maybe there's a family event or whatever, at least they're not then scrambling and worrying about their financials and all that stuff while they've got other more pressing matters from a family point of view. Gotcha. And, you know, and I guess over the years, I've also seen people that kind of just throw their head in the sand, push it away, and they're years and years behind. You know, the tax office chasing them, you're trying to find receipts and documents from years ago, just makes it unnecessarily difficult, I suppose. It does. And the, the good thing with the tax office now having so much data is that we can reconstruct a fair bit back to about 2010 at the moment. Um, incidentally, given the liquidation we were involved with, a client came out of that who had a self-managed super fund that became non-compliant. Mm. And so he approached me a month or so ago and asked if I could bring his super fund up because unfortunately the accountants that he was using over at Crossing Perth mm. um, were unable to reconstruct the interactive broker's statement. Mm. Um, so I worked through a fairly arduous task to be able to um, reconstruct and we've just, it's just at the audit stage now to be able to, uh, SMSF audit, not tax audit, <laughs> to be able to get his fund back being compliant. Uh, and hopefully once funds are um, allowed to be um, directed back by the liquidator, hopefully, this bloke will be able to reinvest. You know? okay. So it's, to me, having your affairs up to date allows you to not have to go through that heartache. And this bloke was beside himself thinking he was going to end up getting taxed at 48 cents by the tax, by the, um, tax office for being a non-compliant fund. So we worked through all that stuff for him. Yeah, that's a big stress relief for sure. I, I think probably one of the worst I've seen there's someone that's like three or four years behind and they'd missed out on an investment opportunity because they couldn't get financed because you can't borrow if your tax is not today or, you, or your returns aren't lodged. This is correct. The, um, incidentally, I've got a, a friend, client down here who has been through a divorce a few years ago, so restarting his life. He used to have, he was a, um, an international executive hmm. um, earning big money, still earning big money back in Australia now, but he forgot, so the level of data, he'd forgotten he had a $5,000 limit um, American Express card. Hmm. And the bank declined his loan because they've just got all this data uh, and tax returns or basses that are late and overdue um, just prevent people being able to take opportunities. It's, yeah. it's not just the borrow. You, you can get around the borrowing to a point, but it, it may take another, you may have to wait six months to get in good standing again with any um, 
light charges on um, um, lodgements in that, that so that so that the bank understands you're back under control. And mm -hmm. they, they ask for the tax agent portal every time we um, apply for a loan. It's interesting. I mean, there's no escaping big data now. It's, uh, it's big brother, it's big data, that's for sure. One of the um, areas um, that I think people often neglect until they get further along in the journey, um, and, and I fell foul of this myself, is, you know, I won't worry about structure now until I've got assets to work with. Uh, you know, but that's really, the, you've got to get the chicken and egg the right way around in that equation. You, what's your take? Get the structure right first, build the assets, or have the assets and then clumsily pay, pay all the tax and try and push them into the, into the structure. What would your take be on that? The, in an ideal world, you've got to get your structure correct first because especially if you say buy an investment property, you are going to have stamp duty when you buy it. If you then transfer it to another entity, there's stamp duty on the transfer, there's potential capital gains on the transfer. So it is, it's, um, it is a, um, an impost that one wants to avoid as much as possible. Mm. The, the biggest issue that I have is for people who don't know what their investment proceeds are going to be like or their profile is going to be. Mm. If they think they're only going to buy one property, I may say, well, you may as well just buy it in mum's name or dad's name, depending on what, what they're going to do with it. If they say, I'd like to be able to multiply it, then you've got to determine would they buy it into a straight company, would they buy it into a family trust and have a company as a beneficiary. But that comes with a whole raft of um, loan obligations that the tax office monitors called Division 7A, hmm. um, potential PAYG issues. So I, getting the structure right is, is um, paramount. But that doesn't just happen as a cookie cutter scenario. It, you have to I have to understand what the family wants to do yeah. in terms of asset protection, succession planning, whether there's any potential for um, divorces or family issues going through. Mm. Are there any children of the relationship predating the the new relationship? Maybe mm. so. It's. Uh and, and blended families is, you know, obviously it's a it's a it's a very significant issue. I mean, and I, and I guess that journey evolves. I've seen that with myself. You know, there you are as a lone wolf, and you've got your asset protection structure in play, and then you're married, and, and then you have kids, lots of them in my case. And we've worked out what's causing it. That's good news. That was a major breakthrough. And, and then the whole notion of things like bloodline trusts, and I mean, there's a whole gambit of things that we can talk about. Maybe not right now, but perhaps another time in terms of what that structuring can really look like. But I guess the bottom line is get it out of your name as quickly as you can. Not so much get it out of your name. Um, in terms of asset protection, yes. Um, but if someone's on wages, the best way for them to get a legally geared property, for instance, is to have it in the highest income earners. It's, it's, it, it's textbook scenario that suits the situation for a period, but then it reverts as you pay down your debt. Mm. So you've got to, I try to educate people how long you want this investment for, what are you trying to do, what's your, what's your end goal? As Stephen Covey said, you know, begin with the end in mind. Very true and sage advice. Circling back to the trading side, um, you know, it's our bread and butter, it's what we both uh, love and live for. Um, historically, if I look at our business, the amount of phone calls we get from accountants 
saying, what's this IB statement? How do I read it? I mean, yeah, you're a veteran of IB as I am. I guess it brings a smile to your face when you're using a platform you understand. And you know, from our clients' perspectives, um, you know, were they to engage you to help uh, help them with it? I guess that's a major fee saving is you're not paying for your accountant to spend hours on the phone talking to your broker to work out what your statements are. Yep. As I said, this reverts back to the poor person in Perth with the SMSF who had an IB platform and his accountant obviously couldn't um, read it. Hmm. But I've, um, I mean, the human element's gone out of life a lot. So computers do real estate agents, annual statements, they do all the trading statements. And there's no one to talk people through these. But I have um, accounts with multiple brokers. I've got them with Charles Schwab, um, IB, Saxo, Comsec, and I've dealt with Macquarie and Premium. So they've all got their annual statement. They all purport to report the same information, but they all look completely different. So my approach is to make sure that I have understood what their um, statements have said, and I've got a spreadsheet that I control that then takes the information from the statement to be able to bring it to a, a workable scenario and effectively bring out the best tax effect for people. Because most of the broker statements might use a first in, first out approach. Yeah, of course. might be better or. or Correct. Or, yep. And if you can identify the parcel, that's the way I prefer to do it. Mm. Um, but computer can't do that very well. Right. So you, need, you do need some, at, at my office, what we do is interact with the broking statement to be able to get the best scenario and then track and identify which statement, uh, which um, parcel or um, transaction relates to what, so that we get the best effect each year. Gotcha. There's, there's, there's technology and we've talked about big data, we've talked about technology and when it's used in the right way and harnessed, it's incredibly powerful, but you know, there's one of those things, nothing, nothing overarches that human eye. And again, leveraging off, 28 plus years experience. <laughs> you look very fresh for it. I must find out what moisturizer or skincare routine you're running with down there, my friend. In terms of going forward, I mean, the ability for people now with technology to have a side hustle, a genuine ability to generate a second income. I mean, you think back to when we both started in this game and you know, you're pulling the cable out, well, it used to be on the phone and then you'd pull the cable out the back of the phone and plug it into the computer for dial-up. Look at where we are now. I mean, how, how, how much easier is it now for people to better generate a side hustle or a second income using using some of the strategies and with the technology now? Yep. What I find is that, uh, especially in self-managed funds, people have got their core holdings of stocks and most people are time poor with running families and working. But what I do find is the self-managed funds can generate the additional income running a buy-right strategy, you know, doing covered calls that yep. enable the, um, just generates a bit more income for the self-managed fund that otherwise are just waiting on passive investment. Well, three, four percent dividend yield these days is, is just not going to cut it, especially when we see, you know, petrol prices continue to hike and getting a coffee, at least you get a decent coffee down in Melbourne for your trouble. <laughs> Perhaps to finish up, Brad, and uh, I mean, for, for our clients or anyone to reach out and contact you, probably the best way, if you email us at Australian Investment Education, uh, at support at Australian Investment Education, put tax in the subject line and we can then put people in touch with you to talk further. 
Um, you know, and I'm sure there'll be people out there that want to leverage off the, uh, the wisdom and experience that are there. One thing I'd like to finish on, and I've done this, uh, uh, we, we do this with our guests, and I'm apologizing for ambushing you with this, my friend, um, is a quick fire four. And I'm going to ask you four quick fire questions and gut intuition um, would be appreciated and uh, always adds a little bit of spice and color to the end of these. So uh, first question, crypto or non-crypto, where do you sit? I like the idea of crypto, providing we can do it safely. I'm just not happy with the exchanges at the moment. Fair question. And the conservative accounting hat going on there, which is consistent with you and your values, my friend. Okay, equity markets have been charging pretty well right now. Are you bullish or bearish at the moment? I'm bullish at the moment still. Snap. <laughs> okay. Um, What's the best advice? Actually, let's rephrase that in a different way. If you're starting over, what advice would you have appreciated having earlier on in the journey? I would have been Benjamin Button. Uh, let's go back. Benjamin Button style. I wish I knew what I know now, 27 years ago. Mm. It's funny, <laughs> wisdom is, uh, is great, but it does take a little while to acquire. And I guess, you know, being in the professional services space, our clients are drawn in to leverage off the experience that we have. So that right now as a stand-up start, they can get exactly that Benjamin Button uh, experience. And I guess exactly the same from yours as a tax perspective. That's our time today, Brad. Brad O'Hara, absolutely fantastic to catch up as always, my friend. Um, for our clients, as I say, to be able to reach out, contact you, hit us up, support at australianinvestmenteducation.com.au. Drop in tax in the subject line. We can put you in touch with Brad. I would highly recommend spending some time under his guidance because as we said right at the start, it's not what you make, it's what you get to keep. And having a great accountant in your corner is going to help you keep a lot more. Thank you, Andrew. Absolute pleasure. Thanks a million, mate. Appreciate it. There you have it, guys. Make sure you give us a review and a rating and we'll look forward to seeing you next week.